I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to another edition of Supercoach Edge, where we bring you all of the inside analysis and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Liam. Well, we're officially coming towards the end of the season with only one round to go, and it seemed the penultimate round was just about the most savage of the lot for 2021 with the number of outs. How'd you go, Liam? How'd you go on the weekend? Yeah, I look, other than Stephen May and Lloyd, um, I avoided most of it which is nice. Like I didn't have Mills. I didn't have Stuart. Um, so yeah, didn't, didn't copper too badly. Yeah. Was, was reasonably happy with my score considering I did have, I did eat my first donut for the, for the year. Oh, um, so did I. Mine was, uh, mine was actually uh, Stephen May flavored. What about yours? Yeah. Oh yes. Mine too. Mine too. <laughs> wasn't too tasty actually. It sputtered <laughs> out after the first bite. I didn't really eat it cause I uh, wasn't really paying that much attention to Supercoach uh, without Straight the finals. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whatever. <laughs> But uh, no, no, good, good, good round, um, good round overall. Uh, some yep. some silly mistakes I made, but uh, I mean, I was I was just kind of I guess taking the piss with my supercoach side a little bit. <laughs> oh well, it's it's good when you're in that position, isn't it? Because you yeah. have a little, bit, a little bit of fun with it. But I think um, as the listeners will be able to find out uh, very shortly, we'll we'll see if uh, if you're taking the piss actually <laughs> resulted yeah, but... in you uh, being victorious over yeah. me in our head to head. Because if you were, it means that we go into next week with. Um, a bit more added spice because it yes. is the uh, ultimate decider. So we'll find out very shortly as to whether or not that is the case. But uh, before we jump into that and everything else in between, as we discuss round 23, which is the uh, the grand final round coming up, of course, yes. where can our listeners hit us up on our social channels? Yes, you'll find us on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge. 
Damon, you'll find him at, at DamonJ88, myself at Liam Evans underscore 95 on Facebook and Insta, just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. And if you do need to hit us up about anything heading into the into the grand final, into the final week of Supercoach, uh, just yeah, hit us up and we'll uh, we'll get back to you. Absolutely. And moving on to our first segment, which is, of course, where the loser of the week in our head-to-head gets to kick it off. And it is called The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Nice not going first. <laughs> oh, wait. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Yes, it is. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, see, I just I just paused for added effect there because I was trying to trick the listeners into thinking that it was yourself going first as you have in the past. What was it? Three? Two, three yeah, weeks? Three, three weeks, I think. Three weeks. I kind of lost count. Possibly there. four weeks. Yeah. No, I think, I think, it, was, I think it was three weeks um, because I do recall every second week me saying, don't worry, you've got this one in the bag. <laughs> Actually, maybe it was four weeks. I, I think don't it was know. four weeks. I think it was yeah. four. Anyway, yes. For those of you uh, not familiar with this segment, and I imagine a lot of you are, um, considering that we're into the uh, the last round hmm. of the season. And um, yes, of course, it is where every week we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have performed and the players that stood out for both good and bad reasons. And of course, I'm going first. So uh, you finally... Victorious, Liam. You say finally victorious, like I got whitey <laughs> for the whole season. But uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did find myself back on the winner's sheet, which is nice. Yeah, I, I'm just just relishing in the <laughs> fact that uh, I finally uh, had something over you for for a little while there because you were absolutely dominating me yes. across the stretch of the season. So um, anyway, we'll uh, delve into what transpired. And uh, in terms of my score, I scored two three zero four and went up seventy one spots to sit ranked. 3,730th overall. Nice. So uh, just trying to hold on to a spot inside the top 4K. I think last week or the week before we spoke about what we were hoping to do and um, you know we were sort of aiming for the top 3,000. I think now it's probably a little bit out of reach considering mm. there's only one round to go. But if I can somehow break the uh, you know, 3,500 mark, that'd be awesome. But at the very least, if I can at least maintain that spot inside the top 4K, that'd be awesome. In terms of my score on the week and the breakdown, so all was tracking well. <laughs> it was tracking towards a score of 2,550. And you know when you start like the sentence off like this, that all yeah. was tracking well, <laughs> yes. you know it's going to end not going well. <laughs> in tragedy. So I was tracking well, tracking for a 2,550. Mm. But then, of course, as we're all familiar with, Sunday, bloody Sunday arrived. So after navigating the chaos in defense with Mills, Lloyd, Stewart out and um, Hearn for some of you out there who own him also being out and having cover for the Seagull myself in the form of Bianco, the Supercoach gods looked at me and thought, you know what, we're not going to let this guy get away scot-free. And they threw a massive curveball my way and it was in the form, as I said in the intro, of Stephen May, uh, who was declared a, a very late out before the start of the Melbourne game which forced me to unfortunately eat my first donut of the season. And uh, yes, it was absolutely putrid. So what did it mean for my five prelims? So um, I was fortunate enough to play in five, but um, yeah, I mean, I came away with uh, with wins in three of my leagues. Um, and those were in leagues that uh, my opponent was also crippled without to create an even playing field. And yes, I came away with wins in all three of those. Now the fourth uh, it saw me on top heading into Sunday, but uh, the May out and the subsequent zero was the difference and it meant oh, I went rough. down by 62 points. 
As for the fifth, well, this one is the one that hurt the most because um, let's just say my luck couldn't get any worse with the match ending in a draw. So um, no extra time, none of that, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Now, of course, the um, the May out, that was, that was one thing that was in the mix. But uh, the other thing which really did me over was the fact that my opponent had both Hind and Durham. I think we uh, we worked out last week. That's how you pronounce his name. Both of those guys scored eighty points above their projection, and um, yes, of course, I was I was forced to eat that May flavored donut, and uh, that culminated in me drawing. And um, to add, uh, I guess, salt to the wound, he went through because he finished above me in the home and away season. So um, I mean, it's rough. What can you do? And it was as it annoyed me as well because I went down because of May and that yeah. was really the only reason why I ended up tying but I mean like I said to you you, you know you, you kind of got to look on the bright side of things I was pretty fortunate to to win at least you know maybe one two of those three that I did win yeah. in those prelims because there was one poor sod who ended up having Mills, Lloyd, Stewart and someone else's I'm pretty sure I think it was being out so he had two trades up his sleeve, but still wasn't able to um, to claw his way back. So, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad. So, it is what it is. Yeah, but what's the saying, Dave? You don't have to be dead to be stiff. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly right. And I was, I was as that stiff was, as a board. Uh, yeah, that was very much what you copped on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But um, let's try and you know weigh it up with a bit of good. And uh, that came in the form of uh, Dangerfield, who was the best of the lot with 169, followed by Lyons on 152, and McRae with 136. Now, uh, he's probably <laughs> your most hated man, isn't he, in uh, Supercoach at the moment? Which one? And he goes by the name of Taranto. Don't say so, his name. <laughs> the bull. I want, I want a Taranto-free episode, please. Timmy. Timmy T. <laughs> he continued <sighs> to turn his form around with a 131 off the back of a career best might I add, four goals. Of the rest, who did well? Short, Walsh, Daniel, Hall, Dugowie, Laird, Merritt, and Ridley all cracked the ton. Nice. Moving on to the bad. So Lloyd and May, obviously, are the headline acts there mm-hmm. with the, um, I guess, being on the sidelines there. Being on the sidelines there. Sorry, my voice just cracked. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really hurting me. <laughs> uh, you can tell I'm not really over that uh, that prelim loss or tie, should I say. Um, in terms of other bads, Jay-Z, 60 and Dunkley, 61, were absolutely putrid compared yeah. to their projections. And Whitfield also disappointed with a paltry 81. Now, in terms of the, uh, the oh, so great, Gaundy combo, well, Gorn and Grundy also didn't do too well uh, with the former scoring 100 and the latter an 89 points. So um, both of those guys didn't mm-hmm. do too well, but I guess everyone has them, so it was kind of offset by that. Moving on to the ugly. So um, I'm going to cop this one on the chin because, uh, and I don't know if we can put it down to the fact that we couldn't give our, you know, I guess I'm the captain now insights because of the um, the fixture being up in the air when we recorded our podcast episode last week. But I don't know about yourself, Liam, but I, I said that um, I was really confident on steel and uh, it was looking as though it was going to be one of the best calls of the season so far because at halftime of St. Kilda's game, he was a touch under 100 points at halftime. Yeah. And I thought, here we go. This this cannot end in tears. And I shouldn't have had that thought because it did. Because he ended up with 100 yep. by the end of the game. I think he ended up having uh, three or four touches maybe in the second half. 
And St Kilda were overrun, of course, by um, by Geelong, so that didn't go to plan. He was my VC, and Oliver was my other captaincy choice. And we spoke about Oliver coming off uh, consecutive 200-point games against Adelaide, and I thought, at the very least, he's going to score about 120, and he only scored the 93. And outside of that, the annoying part was um, I was very close to rolling with McRae as my VC ahead of Steele. And Roland yeah. Steele as my C if McRae didn't go well. And uh, yes, unfortunately, I didn't go down that route. But if I did, it, um, it would have probably won me the um, the prelim game that I tied because uh, I think he ended up scoring, what was it, 130? I said it earlier, 136. So yep. yeah, I, I most likely would have taken that um, knowing what I was up against in terms of the opponents that I had. Um, so yeah, super disappointing and uh, ended up proving the difference in the league game that I lost right there. But um, enough of me, Liam. How'd you go? Let's look on the upside. You beat me. How well did you beat me? Yep. I did beat you. I did beat you. I don't know. What did you score again? I only beat you by... 2304. Only like 18 points. Yeah, 18 points on the dot. Um, So I did finally finally manage to buck the trend and put in a half-decent performance. The score of 2,322 saw me take the chocolates in our weekly head-to-head. But it could have been so much more. It could have been so much more. I'll delve into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I did manage to climb up the rankings by 187 spots to finish 4,068th overall. This stage, I'm just aiming for a top 4K finish and hopefully a sneaky win in our final head-to-head. Ah, of course. That's all. That's all. <laughs> you see, you got you got grand finals. I've got a head-to-head. That's all that matters for me. That That is the biggest grand final of the lot, I reckon. Don't worry about me in... Bloody poultry yeah, I mean, cash leagues. About, yeah, cash leagues. What are they? This is glory. <laughs> <laughs> this is this exactly. is the this is the first of its kind in terms of the super coach edge head to head. Yeah. Um what would you call it? It's it's not a clash. No, it's, it's not a rivalry. It's it's something more than that. Yeah, it's much more than a rivalry. It's much more than a rivalry. <laughs> uh, but in the good, uh, likewise, my team Dangerfield top scored with that 169, which was lovely. Others to crack the ton were Daniel Short, Ridley, McRae, Walsh. Uh, Merritt, Laird, Lyons, Parrish, who, I mean, we've discussed this a little bit off air. I think his score was mm. a bit low for his impact on the game, but uh, we'll, we'll move on quickly. Uh, Hall and your own, very, very own Maddie Kennedy, uh, very nice on the weekend in the, in the absence of Crips as well, which I think mm. really helped your scoring. Um, some other notables, a 93 from Sammy Durham with a great game on the weekend, which helped cover for the injured Lloyd. Unfortunately, I still copped the May donut, um, which did hurt a little bit. Uh, in the bad, I'm going to continue with some harsh assessments like last week. There's a there's a fair few contributors to the bad column this week. I've got Whitfield with his 89, Marshall with his 73, Grundy's 89, Jay-Z 60, and Dunkley's 61. But I've got a bit of a rocket for Melbourne's dynamic oh. duo of Gorn and uh, Oliver. <laughs> now, Oliver's score of 93 came on the back of a disposal efficiency by foot of just 20%. That's Jesus. That's, that's pretty ugly, to be honest. Pretty yeah. ugly. I mean, you got to got to do better than that. That that, that rivals me. <laughs> yeah, it rivals Jesus. me too. Maybe, rivals maybe me we've got a shot. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously though, like it was it was played at the MCG, wasn't it? Uh yes, yep. I mean, on on Sunday it was pretty good conditions. It wasn't wasn't windy. It wasn't wet. Nope. So I don't I just don't think that's good enough to be honest. And and you know what? The other one, Maxi gone. This is probably. A bit harsh, considering he did score that 100 on the dot. But at halftime, he had one hit out to advantage. 
compare that to, I assume it's Strawn, Strawn's yep. four, and Jackson's three. Gorn oh. finished on four hitouts to advantage by the end of the game. Just four. What's he doing? I, I, I might also add, he's, mar- I don't know if you saw the game, but he's marking around the ground, putrid. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Like there were so many games, so many times he just like try and mark the ball, almost like his hands were like inverted. It was like <laughs> no clasping of the ball when he tried to mark it. It yeah, just like yeah, bounced, yeah. ricocheted off his hands. Like he had like oven mitts. Jeez. Come, Come on, on, Gorny. Come on, Gorny. I need more from you next week, mate. Come on. Put some, what do they call it? The, um, the grippo. Put some grippo yeah, on your yes. hands, Gorny. Yep, yep. I mean... Yeah, I'm sure that's great for great for the ruck. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you mention that because he did feature on um, uh, the Dylan Friends podcast that that I'm involved with uh, for the production of. Yeah, and he actually mentioned when he came on about the Grippo, and uh, he he mentioned that he's always he goes if you see me pre-game in the warm-up yeah. and the guy comes around with the Grippo, he's always in two minds as to whether or not he takes some because he said that like there's times there where he has the Grippo and those games are the ones like where he can't mark the ball. And other times when he doesn't take the grippo, he can mark the ball. So maybe it was a game where he had too oh, much grippo. Too, too, too much grippo. Come on, man. Yeah, and stuffed him up. Come on, man. Oh, no, no, you know how much grippo you need. <laughs> no, your limits. <laughs> grippo responsibly. <laughs> All right. And now moving on to the ugly. And I've actually reserved this, this column for, for, for myself this week. I had the VC on McRae and his score of 136. Yeah. Now, being above 125, I'd always take it. Always take yes. it, no question. But not this week. No, not this week. Not playing <laughs> Not playing in finals meant that, you know, I was happy to take the piss a little bit, take a risk, yeah. you know. Oliver's coming off two scores of 200 uh, against, against Adelaide. Why not? Why not? And, you know, I just thought, all right, Oliver should score 125. You know, if he, if he scores 125, um, take the risk. Um, I had to nullify the advantage against you. I knew you were taking Oliver as your captain. Um, I just thought if he goes nuts and scores 200, then that's the end of me for the year um, in this. Um, so I did take the risk, but no, he doesn't score above 100, 125. And it did burn me. Um, it was only the matter of 42 points in the end between taking McRae's 136 and uh, and Oliver's, uh, sorry, 90, 93 or 94, whatever it was. Um, so it wasn't the end end of the world, um, but it could have actually been a big week. I also took Bolton's eighty instead mm. of taking Newcomb's forty. Uh, sorry, ninety four. I think it was ninety. Oh yes, uh, whatever yep. he scored. So that would have also bumped me up and would have been almost verging on on zero points differential between the two of us if I had yeah. done made made these slight changes. Because that's that's the funny thing, isn't it? Between our head to heads. It, it it could come down to like there's two deciding factors. One thing which we haven't kind of, I guess, factored in throughout the season. We've always been like the win-loss ratio, but I think it was partway through the season when we factored in the point inf- differential. Yeah. So one could actually win the head-to-head and the other one could potentially win the overall in terms of a ranking. So I reckon that, that'd, that'd be a nice, nice touch. Yeah, it would be, would be would be a nice touch actually do we want to run through those scores now let's do it let's do it all right yeah so as we know you get the win <laughs> yes. and i did tell you that you turn it around yeah, eventually yeah, right. yeah eventually yeah. now we're uh, 11 wins apiece headed into the final round and it's really truly come down to the wire so i must mention you've also made up 18 points difference on me for the round so um the point differential is mm-hmm. 61 points and uh you know 
I'll probably seem a little bit more upbeat than usual coming off the back of a loss. And uh, maybe you could say that I secretly wanted you to win, Liam. So oh, we give the listeners something nice. to look forward to for the rest of the round. Yeah, well, that's why I that's why I tanked for the last few rounds. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes, that makes I really sense. wish I could say that. I really wish I could say that. We are sitting on 11 wins apiece, 11 losses apiece. So this, yeah, this round is is it. The decider. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the point differential if one of us is able to, uh, I mean, if you can, you can maintain it or if I can consolidate that and mm. uh, really come out on top. But anyway, let's let's move on. Let's have a look at the happenings from round 22 and discuss the hottest topics, the players and everything in between in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to turn. Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. Mayhem, carnage, the lot. <laughs> we had the likes of Lloyd. Mills, Stewart, May, Cripps, Brayshaw, just to name a few of the players missing on mm. the weekend to throw the Supercoach world into chaos on the crucial round of prelims. Those who had a trade up their sleeve for a rainy day were forced to use it, whilst others had their depth tested or were forced to eat a donut, like myself and Ian Yes, William. yeah. <laughs> do, do people still have trades? Are you, are you allowed to still have trades after round 15? <laughs> I, I, I don't know any, like... For those, for those of you tuning in thinking, oh my God, I need some help with my last trade. Don't worry. We are talking about in the next segment. For those of you crazy people who somehow held on to one or two trades. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have no idea because I would have imagined that with the slew of outs on the weekend, I thought everyone would have used their trades. Yeah, surely. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But yes, to add to the worries, Dangerfield and Tom Hawkins, two popular Supercoach players, had potential suspensions hanging over their heads for incidents on the weekend. But thankfully, both have been cleared and will, I mean, we assume they're players, assuming that they are, aren't late outs or rested for the weekend. Pre-record, we were talking about, you know, the potential for, for guys to be rested. Maybe, uh, you know, those teams that are, are, you know, have spots locked in for the top eight. Um, but we went through and it's like, well, there aren't really any teams that could potentially afford or have the luxury to to really rest any players because you have the likes of, you know, well, I think all the top four teams are playing each other, Geelong, Melbourne, Port and Bulldogs. Bulldogs, yep. And then uh, the likes of Brisbane and Sydney, they need to win in order to try and secure a top four spot. So you'd think they wouldn't really be in a position to rest any players. And then you've got, of course, um, on the fringes there, uh, in seventh and eighth spot at the moment, Giants on 42 points and Essendon on 40 points. And I guess probably more so Essendon, you know, they, you'd be able to speak to this more so as well, Liam. They won't be, <laughs> they'll be going all all, all out to try and um, secure yeah. a spot in the top yeah, eight. Yeah, definitely. They uh, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be resting any players there. Um, the only, I guess, one that I'm thinking of out of all those teams in the top eight, is the resting of Mumford and the potential for Briggs to come back. I don't know. Like Mumford only played, he's only played the one return game. Um, and he usually plays two before he's rested. But I yeah. wonder if they, I mean, again, they kind of, they're on 42 points. So they do need to win it. They do need to win it. Yeah, you're right. Um, they do face Carlton though. Yeah, exactly. Ruck, ruck line would be who's, is it just, and just a conning yeah. um, for, for Carlton. So I reckon they could rest 11 
of their best 22 <laughs> players and they'll still beat my my 22. <laughs> Please don't rest him. Rest Toronto. Coming off a career best four goals, surely not. No, no, no. Yeah, bloody hell. One week he's just, you know, tackling everyone. The next week he's kicking goals. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. But with that, um, just talking to this, uh, the reason we are bringing up is because of the fact that the pre-finals buy has been scrapped. So um, it means that I guess we're back to the glory days, as it were, where teams where or, you know teams that have secured a spot in the top mm. eight uh, tend to rest players um, to keep them fresh for finals. So um, yeah, that's the reason why we're bringing it up. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's that side of me which thinks that there is going to be some sort of carnage, probably not on the level of you know the weekend just gone, but potential last minute. You know, yeah. outs, restings, um, a couple here or there. So keep an eye out for that. I mean, one that, that immediately jumps out at me, who's already on the sidelines, is is uh, Kellen Mills. I'm probably thinking that they would more than likely rest him. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he comes back in. Yeah, so he'd be one that I'd be looking to move on if you're, if you're one yeah. of those fortunate few that have trades. Um, and we'll, we'll be speaking to um, potential yeah. defensive um, options to trade in in just a moment but um yeah so looking at the fixture um as we know it now other than sort of the late like the only game that looking at it that might have some bearing on later games um seeing restings is the Essendon versus Collingwood game mm-hmm. obviously if both West Coast and Fremantle lose um Essendon know that they've made it um I don't think that, that would even see a late outs or too many late outs of, of relevant players I think you, they wouldn't want to um, play with their form. Um, but the rest of the t- games, it kind of works out quite well for Supercoach because the earlier games don't really help the later games, if that makes sense. So like Western yeah. Bulldogs versus Port Adelaide, other than, I guess, maybe Melbourne knowing whether they don't have to win, um, like if, if their top th- two spot isn't up for grabs. Um, but even then, I don't think I don't think it's going to have that big a bearing on it. I think, um, I think most teams hopefully will go in relatively na- as named um, as best as possible. Might just be a, a couple of, of, of laid outs um, that we see, but uh, obviously it's not something we can't predict. <laughs> um, yeah. So just, uh, just if you can stay on top of it as much as you can, if you do have trades left over, try and hold them as late into the round as you can. Um, yeah. Or as close to the, as close as you can to the, to the last trade you want to make just in case something, something comes up and it's a, uh, it's it's a money you actually want to trade out instead. Just adding to that as well, like if you're like a normal super coacher like us and uh, you're all out of <laughs> trades, the other thing to look at is in terms of if you have DPP switches, keep abreast of those outs or laid outs because if you do have a DPP switch that you can do over multiple lines um, and it, it may mean that you can cover a laid out, um, then obviously do that if you can. And, and yeah, just keep across all those little tidbits yep definitely now let's move on to our next segment damon the price is right (laughs) the price is wrong bitch in the price is right we would normally as we've been saying in uh, recent rounds run through the top buy sell hold and wait options for the round of super coach however let's face it a majority of the competition (laughs) now has zero trades left especially after the carnage we all faced on the weekend where nearly everyone was forced to use those trades they had up their sleeve however we understand there may be a small minority who saved the trade for their crucial league grand final and if you did smart smart by you yeah very smart (laughs) and uh given we're expecting 
potentially even more carnage this weekend with the pre-finals by being scrapped and not yet seeing teams at the time of recording. It's hard for us to offer any advice for specific players. So given Stewart is the only one who has been declared done for the year, we'll offer up a couple of options as replacements for him if you haven't already found one, that is. Um, and obviously, yeah, as, as mentioned, I would just be holding the trades as late as you can. I mean, obviously... Geelong plays Saturday night at 7.25 just to see whether there's any any other carnage that, um, I don't know, comes up in, in its place. Yeah. Um, just to see, just in case. I mean, if you've got some cover for for, a Geelong, uh, for Stewart in your back line, but, I don't know, someone else misses in another position and you don't have that cover, then obviously you're better off trading that player out. But let's, uh, let's jump straight in, uh, Damon. Yes, and uh, the first cab off the rank. Now, we're going to present three options here, and um, I think we've ranked them in terms of the the most solid, maybe, option of the lot. And uh, this first candidate, I really like him, and he is named Jack Crisp, coming in priced at 586k, averaging 105.3. His ownership is, crazily enough, only 6%. So that is one reason I like him. And you may think on the surface, 586 He's averaging only 105.3. Don't let that fool you because his three-round average is 123.3 and a five-round average of 119, which uh, obviously are the two stats that are the most important at this time of the year, as we've been saying, um, heading into the, I suppose, the the back half of the season compared to the season-long average. So his past four scores consist of 140, 143, 103, and 124. So he comes into the grand final week with a very hot run of form. Yeah. And he scores the best when playing as a rebounding defender. And it, it definitely shows because his 103 game came off the back of a return to the midfield where he took 32% CBAs. But upon returning to his defensive post on the weekend, he returned with a nice score of 124 on the weekend to go with his 140 and 143 in previous weeks in that same position. Mm-hmm. On the weekend, he faces Essendon, who he has scored 117, 68, 79, 92 against, which I guess really isn't a glowing endorsement. However, that 117 came from earlier in the year. So I guess that holds better representation of what he can produce compared to those other three scores where he scored sub 92 onwards. The added bonus is that he is only in 6% of teams. And uh, when we're talking about pods, there's no better place to uh, to use a pod that's in really hot, ripping form, and that's in the grand final. So yeah. um, for me, that's a that's a tick with his uh, his his current average, a tick with his ownership, and if you've got a, a trade up your sleeve, use it on him. That's a tick. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan as well. I think in saying that as well, with his him facing Essendon this weekend, we just have to think, cast our minds back a couple of weeks to Whitfield against Essendon, who did play that rebounding role and scored 146. Oh, um, point. So I would be pretty happy with taking Jack Crisp if I if I had some trades left, um, which <laughs> I do not. I do not. I don't have Thomas Stewart either, so it kind of works out. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be a big fan of bringing in Jack Crisp. Now, moving on to our next option, it's Daniel Rich, obviously, from 
the Brisbane Lions, 562.2K, with an average of 106.5 for the season and an ownership of 13%. He does hold a three-game average of 101.3 and a five-game average of 108.6. And it's probably the most informed defender over a longer stretch, especially compared to Crisp, uh, with scores of 127, 93, 128, 107, 132, 117 and 122. Wow. Uh, heading into the last weekend, though, he only managed a 65. Mm. Now, the 65 might sound concerning, but mind you, the Lions smashed the pies by 85, so it's fair to say the ball wasn't in the Lions' defence for much of the game. Uh, he does face the hapless Eagles this week, um, who he has scored 102, 97, 102, and 124 in his past four. I'd expect, as well, West Coast to be... Well, while they're hapless um, in recent weeks, I do think that they are um, like with with the with the potential for finals on the line. They may be uh, maybe a little bit of you know fire in their belly, I guess. Um, so he may get a bit more bit more ball in uh, in the defensive half for him. Yeah, that's for sure. I think he's like you said, he's the most informed defender across the uh, the longest stretch compared to especially Crisp. So. Uh, Crisp, you'd say yes on current form. Yeah. Um, and Rich, you could probably say on current form as well. On current form, yeah. 127, ignore, yeah. Yeah. If you ignore the weekend score, um, he's probably neck and neck with uh, mm. with Crisp um, at the moment in terms of they both got pretty good ceilings um, and they're relatively consistent Reasonable well. form. Yeah, reasonable yeah. flaws as well. Uh, moving on to uh, another guy that uh, you brought to my attention, actually, Liam. Yes. Um, and it is Liam Baker, and he's priced at 453.9K, averaging an 83.9, and only an ownership of 2%. So if you're after a pod for your grand final, we have one for you all. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, he's, he's like the ultra pod. He was like, he is the, the diamond in the rough, as they say in, uh, in Aladdin. Uh, because, I mean, he is one that you'd go for if you're strapped for cash. Yeah. And yeah. also, if you're one that likes to live dangerously as uh, Austin Powers says when he's at the uh, at the blackjack table. I also like to live dangerously. Because he is one that could be a boom or bust going by seasonal form. I mean, an average of 83.9, not the, not the best. But yeah. like we've been saying, in terms of recent form, which holds the greater weight, he comes into the weekend with an impressive three-game average of 114.3 and a five-round average of 94.8 with scores of 106, 122, and 115 in his past three. So again, there's another one, Liam, that's uh, that's in really a really nice run of form. It's hot form, yeah. It is hot form. Uh, must mention, though, he does face the Hawks this week, who he's only played one game against for a score of 54. So you can't really factor that in no. too much. Um, you'd probably you know, hold more weight to the recent form and go by that alone. There's no one that's really going to come into the, the Richmond lineup and dislodge him from his role, um, yeah. as it were. Um, so, yeah, I guess he's he's one that's a bit left field and more of a pod if you're that sort of uh, person. There's, there's someone that yeah. we know that goes by the... Uh, the initials JP, who would be tuning at the moment, who would be, be all over it. this guy. Yeah, he'd be all over. <laughs> he'd love. He'd, he'd love to. He get. loves a diamond in the rough. Does, uh, Le- does Liam Baker in his side? <laughs> Surprised he didn't bring it up with us. Oh no! Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's keeping him secret for himself. Not that it really matters because I don't think he's in any leagues. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's also got some. He's also got some grand finals. I think he's in. He's literally in his own league, so he's in the league of his own. So. <laughs> 
works. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Let's move on. So just in terms, of, obviously, we're out of trades, but um, yeah, how would you go um, in terms of ranking those players? Now, you brought Baker to my attention. Would he dislodge any of those two guys in terms of preference, or how would you how would you go about that? Um, I don't know. I liked Liam Baker just because it's just a bit super pod. Like mm. I liked that in here last week. You might as well go out all guns blazing. I'd probably only do it if I was really looking at a loss. Um, yep. And you're just going, okay, Nice need to to pull something out. If you only had, I don't know, for some reason you had Crisp and Rich, then bring Baker in. Um, why not? my main thought process there was also along the lines of um, he's one of the most in form in the last three games of defensive options. So if we look at defenders, rank them off their three round average, he's actually the fourth highest. Um, That does include Callum Mills, uh, Jack Crisp, Tom Stewart, Liam Baker, Rory Laird and Jake Lloyd um, rounding out the top six. If you base it off their three round average. So he's in form. He's, you've got a substantial saving on Tom Stewart. The issue with Jack Crisp for mine is that you're going to have to find just under 30,000, um, to get in Crisp over Stewart. And if you don't have that cash, then I guess, yeah, you kind of don't have the option there. Likewise, the same for Daniel Rich. You're still going to have to find an extra you know five six k to get him in which is a lot more achievable so i'd probably if i had the cash jack crisp daniel rich into liam baker if i had a little bit of cash daniel rich into liam baker and if i had no cash liam baker why not yeah no i totally agree i think rich is a nice middle ground if you if you're strapped for cash um crisp if you can afford it i would i definitely go for it yeah. he's found a new lease of life i think playing uh, off the halfback line it looks as though uh, he because he did go back into that position on the weekend, he should stay in that position unless Collingwood happened to rest players. Um, there's no real reason for them to do so. But if someone is, I guess someone from the midfield is putting cotton wool, um, he may be required to go into the midfield. But um, yeah, even then, I think he, uh, he should score well enough. Um, and then, as you said, Baker. Yeah, I mean... If, again, you're strapped for cash completely, uh, you shouldn't be uh, in terms of uh, Stewart um, because it would be a downgrade. But, yeah, if you're after something like you said, if your opponent, you, you know, it looks as though they're, they're projected to beat you from the outset and you need to find, um, you know, someone to, to pull a rabbit out of their hat mm-hmm. uh, that could come in the form of Baker, like you said. So, um, yeah, if there's no do cash, then different. go for Baker. Yeah, yeah. do something a bit different. I'm not in that position. So it's easy for me to say, go to Liam Baker. <laughs> it's, like it's, easy. it's easy now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's easy for me to say. And, you know, he could come out and score 50. Um, yeah. So you don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm definitely with you. If you have the cash, Jack Crisp is probably the pick of the bunch uh, for mine. And let's move on to the next segment, which is a segment which a lot of people will be waiting for. And it is, Liam. I'm the captain. Now. <laughs> Look at me. I'm now. Whoa. <laughs> what happened there? What happened there? Yeah, no. got uh, it. It's <laughs> He's back. It's Smeagol. <laughs> Thanks again for uh, introducing us to Smeagol. Um, yes, he's here. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll bring him back later in the episode. We will. We will. Uh, we've had to retire uh, Franco Cozzo. 
Um, yeah. he's, he's been off for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> he might be back next week for the uh, last episode, yeah, though. Yeah, of course, of I'm course. sure he'll, he'll make a, make a yeah, return. He'll, he'll make a return. Uh, every every week uh, in Behind the Captain Now, we bring you our top choices for the VC and C. Uh, we'll discuss some of the key options and some that may be a little bit left of field. Now, in recent weeks, we haven't had the fixture, but it's been nice mm. this week. We've actually We've actually got it. Obviously... Um, at this stage, we will run through what we know. Uh, there's a few TBC times and games, but I think in general, the layout will be as 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 we run through it now. So let's kick off with the Western Bulldogs against Port Adelaide on Friday night at Marvel Stadium. And we first off got Jack McRae averaging his last four against the power is 105.25. Uh, with scores of 115, 113, 142, and 51. Now, I mean, it's Jack McRae. You kind of got to, if he's playing on a Friday night, Mm. you've got to play him as VC, don't you? Yeah, I think so. It's just a no-brainer. He's been one of the most, if not the most reliable player uh, across the journey so far. I think he was the one guy who, um, what was it, the the run of... Um, games that he had was it uh, thirty plus games and yeah, hundred uh, scores in a row or whatever consecutive. Yeah, it was it was massive. He's also, I guess, speaking of that, he's the highest three round average uh, in in the midfield. Um, so definitely worth um, an option as a VC with a with three round average of one hundred forty point three. Well, he's also after the weekend. He's also taken the mantle of the highest five round average. Yeah, that's as well. true as well. Um, because Steele had a bit of a stinker. Um, I think he actually held that going into the weekend. So, yeah, yeah the highest three-round average, highest five-round average of 138.2. For me, that there is a VC lock and load. But um, yeah. let's <laughs> before, we, uh, before we lock and load and um, or, you know, put the padlock on it and throw away the key, let's, let's go through the other yeah, options. Yeah, maybe I can tempt you with someone else, Damon. Yes. Uh, we have Marcus Bontempelli, Obviously, in the same game, averaging his last four, 125.25, with scores of 128, 114, 130, and 129. Mm-hmm. So, um, great scores there. Obviously, a little bit better there in terms of consistency compared to McRae against Port Adelaide, historically. Um, I mean, his current run of form isn't the best, unfortunately. Uh, just rolling that up right now, we have... Um, oh, he started to work into a little bit of form. Yeah, it wasn't too bad on the weekend. Yeah, we were projecting him for a score um, like around 80. About, yeah, 80 odd, but um, he bucked that trend, unfortunately. Um, our crystal ball was a bit uh, bit smudged when we looked into <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's had a few scores now, 136, 87, 123, and 114 in his past four across the season. So he's starting to work into a little bit more form now. Coming up against Port Adelaide, who have just as much at stake as the Doggies, so it's not going to be a walkover in any sense of the word. And it comes down to probably who's going to be matched up on on who. I mean, yeah. they've got the Boke, Wines, Amon, um, coming up against McRae, Bont, uh, Dunkley, Libba. Uh, Trelaw, Libba. So, I mean, I don't think there's anyone that's going to be really tagging no. any players, I don't think. Um, so, I mean, if you've got Bont, he's someone to factor in, but I still love McRae just because he's been so reliable. Yeah, his run of form 
as the VC as well, um, yep. is is really nice. Also in that game, uh, we've got on the other side of the field, we've got Ollie Wines. His average in the last four is 105.75 against the Doggies with scores of 139, 70, 57, and 157. So a real mixed bag of scores there, either really high yeah. or really low. Um, but I guess the thing that you really need to factor in is that 139 came in their encounter earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So he has the, the recent form as well against the Doggies, He's a bit more left of field. It's a bit more risky. He, I mean, in recent weeks, his score lines have not been captaincy options. So he hasn't really gone above 125 in the last four rounds. Um, so it's it's more of a risk. But I mean, it's your VC as well. You might as well play mm. play to win, um, especially if uh, yeah, you've got a, got a tough matchup. Yeah, that's right. In the grand final, if it looks like, like we were saying earlier, if you're coming up against someone who is projected to absolutely smash you which um i'm in a couple of those grand finals at the moment as it stands so you might need to try and find an edge of the over them Ding. and if you don't have any trades this is the one way to do it um oh yeah shit sorry <laughs> i forgot <laughs> if you want to get the edge Ding. there it is oh gee whiz didn't even didn't even realize didn't even Got notice come on oh come i'm winding on, down already <laughs> <laughs> But um, let's move on to the next game. And it is Richmond against Hawthorne on Saturday at 1.35 p.m. at the MCG. And um, there's only really one guy to speak about in this game who is relevant. And it is Tom Mitchell, averaging his last four 120.5 with scores of 109, 96, 149, and 128. So, uh, yeah, he is another guy that's really hit a nice patch of form. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he hasn't scored below... 100 since round 11. So that is how hot he is at the moment. He is running hot. <laughs> so um, he's racking up the ball at will again um, against the Tigs. Got a decent form line there. So if you do have him, he might be a VC option. Or even if you go for the previous guys as a VC, he might be a C option, a genuine C option. Oh. <laughs> That's big. That's big. <laughs> Moving on to the next game. It's Sydney Swans against Gold Coast on a Saturday at 1.45, just 10 minutes after that uh, Richmond game at Marvel Stadium. And really, yeah, probably only one one main player in this game, and that's Took Miller. Average in the last four is 105.75 with scores of 146, 102, 62, and 113. And he did score that 146 earlier in the year. He has some pass form, plays early in the round. I actually think he's actually a pretty decent pick for your VC as well. Yeah, I really like that uh, that 146. Um, that uh, that really does stand out as the uh, most recent game where he uh, he's killed it against him. So, yeah, absolutely love that. Let's move on to the next game, Brisbane against West Coast on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. at Zigaba. And um, oh, there's probably a, a host of guys you can look at here. Um, but the one that stands out, uh, it is Jared Lyons averaging in his last four, 100.75 with scores of 114, 92, 84, and 113. For me, I probably wouldn't look at him. I've got him myself. Uh, he's not factoring in, uh, against West coast. They're going to come out. You hope, especially if you're a West coast supporter, they come out firing, uh, because they've been in a, a bit of a rough patch at the moment in terms of form. Um, I don't think it's going to be an easy game by any score of the imagination for Lions. So for me, I'm going to pass. Yeah, I agree there. I think he scored 150 on the weekend, but um, Mm. I think it's more of an outlier um, heading into this game. It would be too big a risk. Uh, Moving on, we've got Geelong 
uh, versus Melbourne on Saturday at 7.25 at GMHBA Stadium at this stage. And we've got Patrick Dangerfield. Mm. Now he rose. He rose back into uh, Supercoach. Uh, I'm not even Supercoach, just back into the game. Like he had a massive game on the weekend after uh, that uh, that hospital stay um, due to the Toby, Toby Green elbow. Uh, but he I was going to say karate chop to the throat. <laughs> <laughs> it was the elbow. <laughs> And he does, he does, you know, he's had had a good game, 169. Uh, average in his last four against the Ds, 139.5. And that's paid up with scores of 140, 154, 126, and 138. Now, I mean, that's pretty good. It is. It's really good. That's pretty good. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Down at GMHBA Stadium, he loves playing down there. I mean, could be in for a big score. Yep. I mean, uh, that combined with the 169 on the weekend... Yeah. yeah, I really like it. Yeah, he's he, he factors into my top three, definitely, in terms yeah. of uh, captaincy or VC options. Yeah, definitely. Moving on to the man, the tall man, the beanpole <sighs> on the other side of the fence. He's disappointing, but we have mm. to we have to mention him because uh, it yeah. is Max Maxi. He's averaging in his last four, 132.5, with scores of 135, 141, 116, and 139. So... That's the reason why we're mentioning him here right now because, I mean, yeah, his scoring has slowed up with his past six scores featuring a downer every second week with 83, 114, 93, 136, 87, and 123. So I guess given the trend, and like we spoke of last week, we uh, we like our trends and uh, numbers and yeah, all things numerology. He is due for a score between 80 to 90 points. Yeah. Do you reckon? I, re- I reckon he might be, especially considering we spoke about Melbourne do need to win to shore up their spot on top of the ladder. And is there a potential there for maybe Gorn to play more time up forward, to be rested in-game? Like, I guess he was on the weekend against the Crows? Yeah, I think there is. I think the other thing to consider is potentially the outcome of the Western Bulldogs-Port Adelaide game. That obviously gets played first. If Port wins, there is that risk for... Melbourne, if they if they do lose, um, to drop from first to third and potentially lose, I mean you don't know what what the AFL is planning with the way of finals venues, um, yep. but they could lose some form of a advantage there. So I think yeah, also factor that in as well. If if Melbourne need to win, they probably would want wouldn't want to rest rest him too much. But I mean, does our new face, um, Stanley? So yeah. Not a, not a necessarily the, the the biggest opponent um that he'd have to face, but I would probably stick clear of him. I think just it's just not worth it. Yeah, um, I mean, Gorn has been wrestled up forward with Luke Jackson taking a, a fair chunk of his CBAs yeah. and time in the Reich against poorer teams. Yeah. Um, like we saw on the weekend. Yeah, poor um, yeah poorer structure uh, ruck ruck lineups. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he should. Um, get, I guess, more share of the ruck compared to the weekend, especially. Um, but even then, I, I just can't trust uh, the way that Goodwin's structuring the um, the ruck lineup for the Ds. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'll probably steer clear, even though his average historically against the Cats is pretty rosy. Yeah, likewise. Uh, moving on, we've got Clayton Oliver, whose average in the last four is 126.25 with scores of 130, 111, 141, and 123. Um, I probably wouldn't be... I don't. I know his average there in the last four is uh, a captaincy score, 
but I'd probably be avoiding him, to be honest. Uh, I think there's better options in this game in Patrick Dangerfield. And there's other options that are better for your VC or C as well. Totally agree 100% there. And moving on to the next game, it is my hapless mob, Carlton, coming up against the Giants on Saturday at 7.40 at Marvel. And um, the the standout there, um, from a Carlton perspective, is, of course, Sammy Walsh, my boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. Averaging his last three, only 94, with scores of 71, 132, and 80. And I guess... Yeah, I mean, you'd be picking him based upon his scoring uh, potential and ability throughout the season. But for me, I mean, you, you can't you can't really choose him just on the basis that he's playing in a Carlton side at the moment, which is absolutely decimated. And on the weekend, he didn't have Crips there, and it was just virtually him, him and and Mark Murphy. Um, those were the the guys, and maybe Ed Kerner as well. What about Matty Kennedy? Pl- oh, sorry, Matty Kennedy. Come your boy. On. My yeah, boy. No, he actually My favorite Carlton well. player. <laughs> See, I told you. Yeah, he's worked a treat. He's worked a treat. You he owe me one next season. You owe hey. me one next season. Hey, what about Langford? <laughs> Langford worked a treat until he, he got not, injured. He did not work a treat. <laughs> Maybe he had one game that was good. Hey. <laughs> but um, yeah, for me, uh, I'd be steering clear because of that that Carlton shitness factor <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> Not so much on Walsh. There's no knock on his game. It's uh, just, he's playing in a Carlton side that is um, bereft of, of any confidence um, form and uh, troops on park. So yeah, for me, I'll be steering clear. Yeah. Likewise, I think it's a big risk. Um, DeBoer's playing as far as I know. So there's potentially goes to him, but mm, that's true. I mean, I don't think DeBoer's been playing that big a factor in, in tagging in recent weeks. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think there's, again, it's just more so a case of there being better options elsewhere across the field. Um, yep. And one of those potentially better options, Josh Kelly, he's averaging the last four against Carlton is 133.75. <laughs> and it's, do I, I mean, it? yeah, do I, yeah know it? I bet you do. I bet you do. And that's made up of scores of 101, 131, 205. <laughs> And a 98. Now, the 205 drags that average up substantially. Um, but he has had some recent, you know, some good form in recent weeks. And the Giants are flying. Giants are flying. Yep. Come up against, yeah, as you said, it's potentially an undermanned uh, Carlton side. Um, he could be in for a big one. He could be in for a big one. I mean, it's another risk. Um, if you have, I'd probably want to VC him if I was doing anything. Um, but you could, I guess, put the C on him as like a, a Hail Mary as well, uh, yeah. depending on how your, se- your season's going, how your final's going. Um, yeah. Now, he's not on the run sheet, Liam, mm. but I'm just going to throw him in there just for some, uh, I guess, some humor. Who's another guy that you could choose potentially? In that game? Goes by, has, has the initials TT, the bull, Timmy, Timmy Taranto. <laughs> Can you believe in his last three against Carlton, He's probably had massive ones, hasn't he? 111, mm. 76, and 144. Mm. I say I say past three because his past four would include a 45. So <laughs> <laughs> just some thought I'd throw him in. some selective stats there. Yeah, yeah. I just just thought I'd throw him in there just to uh, just to get under your skin. <laughs> yeah, he almost had a had a Gary Lyon walkout like on the footy show when he used to <laughs> walk off and slam the door. That almost had that there from me. Or an Eddie uh, Maguire walk Eddie off on Maguire. Footy Classified. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, Cracking exactly. the shits. Exactly. Uh, 
Anyway, moving on, moving on. St Kilda <laughs> versus Fremantle. Sunday, 12.15. Uh, venue and tyre... Oh, sorry, not, sorry, just the venue to be confirmed. We've got one one key player in this game, and that's Jack Steele. His average in the last four is 74.25, and that's made up of scores of 87, 85, 54, and 71. Nothing, nothing really, I guess, exciting by those scores, mm. but... In his last 11 weeks, he's only ducked below that magical 125 score two times. Mm. And one was on the weekend. One was on the weekend and one was uh, a number of weeks ago, 109, I think it was. Yep. Um, So he's a very solid option. Very solid option. Playing on a Sunday, perfect for your captain um, if, if, if your VC doesn't fire. I reckon not bad. Yeah, yeah. For me, I'm kind of... Kind of burnt. It's just, I'm, I've got George oh, Bush on. in my head. Come you know on, the saying. Jack you know the saying. You know the saying. They got a, they got a saying in in Tennessee. <laughs> it's a saying in Texas as well. But um, <laughs> you you keep going with this. <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool a fool man can't get fooled again. <laughs> so on that basis alone, thank you, George. He's just he's just. I love, I love that George. Listens to the show as well. I oh, know it's great, isn't it? Thank you for that, George. He's helped me work through that, my dilemma. And uh, given that a fooled man can't get fooled again, maybe I won't go for him. But unless you're me, who is a fool, I can get fooled again. So maybe I do uh, put the C on him. Just maybe you should just say. back him in. You know, you could have faith in your players. Well, I, I you did back him, him in. Yeah, okay, but you've backed him in like every week for the last. 20 weeks he's probably gonna have one down game yeah he was due he was due anyway let's move on to the next game and it is Essendon versus Collingwood on Sunday at 3.20 at the MCG now massive match for uh, for my side massive match can't wait for it hopefully uh, you know what I'm actually gonna say if we lose I don't wanna play finals so I hope I hope Fremantle or West Coast win because if Essendon loses against Collingwood I don't want them playing finals but uh, you know what? I can also, see that happening. Yeah, I know, and that's the problem. I can see us losing and still making finals, and just it just making my blood boil. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's move through the team. Uh, now, first up, we've got my boy Darcy Parish. <laughs> yeah, boy. Average in the last four against the Pies is just ninety six, but that is made up of scores of one sixty two, sixty two, seventy four, and eighty six, and uh, you know. You're going to be taking him for that 162 in his last outing against the Pies on Anzac Day, where he was the Anzac Day medalist. Mm, would you, though? What if you had Oliver come up against Adelaide? Uh, <laughs> nah, nah. Oliver against Adelaide, bloody hell. I'm sorry. That hurts me saying that as well, because I was the idiot. That, that did as well, so. Now, looking at that score, though, I mean, you know, we're talking about trends. We like to talk about trends. Mm, 62, yes. 162. Does that mean his next score is 262? i can can hope i can hope no i think uh maybe it goes back down to 62 no no it doesn't do that (laughs) (laughs) no i think um if you're looking for a late option on a sunday parish is sort of another hail mary option um i think there's better options that we've seen earlier in the round uh dangerfield mccray miller um, potentially wines if you're looking for someone like that, uh, even a Josh Kelly or a Jack Steele. Um, but I think Parrish is a good hail mary option later in the later in the round. Um, that you know 
has the form in the, his most recent game against Par- uh, against Collingwood. I think he'll like he's he's uh, he's relishing that role. He looked like he was back um, on the weekend, um, but yeah, we'll have to see. Yep. Let's move on to uh, his captain, and it is Zach Merritt, averaging in his last four 98.75 with scores of 116, 87, 78, and 114. Uh, for me, probably not as solid as what I was hoping. No. Um, so for me, I'll be looking elsewhere. Yeah, I would be too. Now let's move on to the final game we assume of the round, which is Adelaide versus North Melbourne, an absolute dead rubber. Um <laughs> It's not even like the battle for last spot because North has got it sewn up. So it's it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad mm. that this is the this is the final game. Mm. Uh, on Sunday, time to be see TBC venue TBC. We've got no clue. Um, but I I yeah, looking at the rest of the games on this on this Sunday, I'd say to be the last game of the round. Uh, and it's it, we got two two options I guess that we could consider. Uh, the first one's Rory Laird, averaging his last four against North Melbourne, 105.25, with scores of 105, 93, 106, and 117. Now, it's not the greatest average, um, but he has has been playing re- relatively well in recent weeks and could just be a good option if you... Yeah, again, it's really just a Hail Mary with these last few options. Um, if It's it's whether you're looking for someone that could just, you know, have an out-of-the-box game and uh, deliver you a win if you are projected to lose um your 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 final yeah yeah i totally agree there i think it's yeah because of his last game like you said yeah you, if you need someone sure go ahead but yeah i wouldn't this wouldn't be like a, a a choice you consciously make at the start of the round no it's a it's a choice that you sort of have to make later on in the round yeah 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 for sure um uh but i think comparing it to another guy um Maybe I'd opt for him even over Laird. And it is Aaron Hall averaging yep. his last four, 106.25, almost identical to, to Laird um, by one point. Um, and his scores in his past four against the Crows have been 133, 134, 73, and 85. So the last score does date back to when he was at the Suns. Um, keep that in mind. But uh, like you said with Laird, this is also a Hail Mary so assuming it is the last game of the round, if you do need someone to pull a rabbit out of the hat because it looks as though you are going to narrowly um, taste defeat in your grand final and you need someone to really pop off a massive score, um, maybe Hall's the one. But uh, yeah, for me, I, I wouldn't want to get into that position. I would much prefer to go for one of the stronger options, even if it is early in the round. Yeah, so I guess the the logic here is let's say your opponent, I don't know, puts the VC on someone like Marcus Bontempelli, um, who stinks it up, but you've got it on Jack McRae, um, who scores like 130, 140, and then mm. your opponent who's, you know, got Bontempelli who might have only scored a 90 or a 100 or something, then has to put the C on someone else. Maybe they go Patrick Dangerfield who smashes out a 170, something something like that, and then you've just got to go, okay, well, now I've got to, I've got to do something, even though, you know, McRae's scored um a hundred and whatever, 125, 120, 135, whatever it might be. Um, you've just gotta pull it out. Maybe it is someone like a, a Darcy Parish, a Rory Laird or an Aaron Hall. Um just as a, a high risk, high reward, I guess, option. Yeah, yep. Makes total sense. And both of those guys as well have well, Laird, for example, uh he hasn't scored below one hundred since round eleven when he scored a ninety two and he's had he's actually had a score uh 
a massive score of 178 four rounds ago. So uh, he's got some recent form yeah. showing that he can score massive. And then you've also got yeah Aaron Hall there. Hasn't scored below 100 since round 15 and uh, prior to that, round five. So uh, he's been having some massive, I guess, consistent scores. But yeah. in terms of, I guess, massive scores, having that high ceiling, his high score dates back to round 13 where he scored 141. So, um, yeah, as I said, I'd much prefer to be in a position to try and hold, even if you are going for guys later in the round. Um, try not to leave it till the last game. Yeah, um, I agree. Like go, go for a Jack Steele if you need to. Guys that you know have the ability to have a massive ceiling um, if you do, if you are fortunate enough to have them in your team, that is. But um, something to factor in. But uh, Liam, of yes. all those guys, if you had all of them, for example, if you're fortunate enough to have all of them, yep. who would you go for? And uh, how would you rank uh, I guess let's have a look at the, maybe the top five, just scrolling down the list. Yeah, so I'm going to go top three for VC. Number one's Jack McRae. He'll most certainly be my VC. I think his solid scoring in recent weeks, just you can't go past it. In second, I would have Took Miller. I think he's also been just super strong um, playing for the Suns. Um, and that recent score against Sydney um, just really cements that for me. Then it's going to be Tom Mitchell. And that's just based off the fact that he's, you know, again, super consistent. I think they're really solid, three really solid VC options. Moving into the C, it's probably Patrick Dangerfield um, as number one. Number two, I'd have Jack Steele. And then number three, I'd have Josh Kelly. You have hit the nail on the head. That there is like, it's almost like you've um, you've laid a multi. Oh, wow. And you're like, I need all those legs to go. And uh, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Granted, I forgot about Miller and I had listed down Mitchell. And when you mentioned Miller, I was like, shit, yes, of course. <laughs> because I always tend to forget about him, but he's probably the most solid and most reliable um, of everyone um, or even equal with McRae maybe. Um, but yeah, because McRae's first up, you have to put the VC on him. There's no doubt about that. And then, um, yeah, I guess it comes down to the rest of the plays that you have. Um if you don't have a Miller, don't have a Mitchell, I assume you have a danger. I would I would most definitely put the C on him. Yeah. Um, if you don't have danger or if you do have him and you think, oh, maybe want to try and mix it up depending on who your opponent has as well. Also you need to factor that in. If they don't have uh if they don't have a danger, I would go with danger. If they do have danger and you need to make up some points, uh, I would look at either a steel if you have him or a Kelly. So um, that's sort of my thinking and logic behind all of it. But looks like we're on the same page, Liam. So um, hopefully that can help out uh, the listeners out there in terms of finding a winning combination. Yes, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Some some nice little strategy tips there as well from you, Damon. I like that. Like like that uh, heading into grand final week. It's it's hard to know as well, like in terms of combinations and um, yeah. you know who who are the players that people have in their teams. But yeah, try and like we said, try and mix it up. Um, and then, yeah, even if you need to alter your captaincy option based upon who your opponent has and um, I guess the performance of who their VC and C is, um, whether or not you need to make up points, that will kind of factor in as well. And, you know, it's not stupid and out of the box, like you said, if you need to make up points in taking the C off or gambling rather um, yeah. on someone, um, even though your VC has scored a relatively nice score of that 125 mark. Yeah, definitely. Now, Damon. Yes. What time is it? It's that time, isn't it? It is that time. It's that time. 
Is he's got him. Is he back? <laughs> he, he's back. Uh, Precious. <laughs> it's the Supercoach Edge group rankings, in case Ooh. you don't know. Um, yes, and in for round 22, <laughs> we have point. the highest Bye scorer. <laughs> we have the highest scorer, which was Corey with his team, Slam Dunkley. And I guess you could say that his team had a bit of a Slam Dunkley this round. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Zing. <laughs> oh, that felt dirty. Um, <laughs> with a score of 2,572. <laughs> with a, and his team was ranked... 86 for the round. And I was having a quick look at it. Um, he didn't have too much carnage. He did have Jake Lloyd, um, who he had Sam Durham uh, play in, in in his place. He had Jack McCray as his VC. He had Timmy Taranto. Yeah. Um, of course he did. And <laughs> yeah, that was, he had, a, he had a very strong team, which was nice to see. He did have Josh Dunkley as well. So like I like to see, you know, when teams have a, have a namesake, having, having that player in there. Yeah, it doesn't um, quite make sense if they don't. Yeah, yeah, like my team. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> if only you had right in what was it? Not or the shield. weekend, but the weekend before. Yeah, or shield. Yeah. Anyway, right, right would have delivered you a, a massive win over me uh, if you had him that week. Yeah, what do you score? Like one seventy or one eighty or yeah. something? Yeah, one seventy odd. Yep. Anyway, yeah. what about the overall leader? I mean, <gasps> is there anything, anything, any changes here, Damon? You'd be surprised if there was, and there isn't. Because it is the carryover overall leader, Arthur of Black on White. Sorry, I just tried to um, create a bit of uh, suspense there. But no, it is Arthur of Black on White. And he is the overall leader for the 15th round in a row. It's a record. That's the collective minds exploding of the Supercoach Edge community tuning in right now. That is a record. And... (laughs) It'd be weird if we said it wasn't a record because it is our very first year on the airwaves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you, if... <laughs> yeah, true, true, very true. But I, I see what you mean. We, we need to say it is a record. It's, I mean, like it's, like a... yeah. it's like when you say that, uh, you know, you're number one in the world for Supercoach ranking, but Supercoach is only played in Australia. So, yeah, it's not. It's a, it's a national competition. Wouldn't really make sense if it was... All right, all right, Damon. Fair enough. Let's take away away the fun of it. All right, I'm sorry, Arthur. Yes, it is. You're the 15th round in a row. It is a new world record. It's actually, you couldn't even say it's an Olympic record. Let's go with that. All right, all right. That's where we're going with this. What did he score, Damon? What did he score? Yeah, so for his total score, he's gone up to 51,117 points. And he's maintained his rank of fourth with a score of 2,426. And looking at his team, he did suffer the Lloyd donut. He suffered a Tommy Stewart donut. In his defense, uh, I think he had Bianco covering, thankfully. And he may have had someone else. I'm just scrolling through his team. He may have had someone else to cover that other additional donut as well. But if he didn't, He's done a really good job to actually yeah. score two four two six. That's a massive score. Really big score, and he's done really well. And you think, Liam, that maybe you know, one round to go, he's got it in the bag. Yeah. But fill us in. How's it looking at the moment in terms of his lead mm. over yep. that uh, that next contender? And yes. it is someone we're familiar with. Yes, it is. The margin last week was three hundred and twenty-seven points. 
over uh, Thomas from Dyslexia Untied. However, Tom was able to make up 129 points to now sit only 198 points behind Arthur. And just like our own head-to-head match, Damon. Yep. Unfortunately. (laughs) Yes, unfortunately. It seems this could come down to the wire as well. It has uh, a bit of bit of air about it like uh that week when i made up yeah Ugh. i don't even know i can't remember how much it was how 100 and something i think 160 i think yeah that i made up and that was that there was the trigger for my comeback yeah that really set you up yeah could this could this be uh signs of things to come for uh for for tom and arthur Ooh. of their respective matchups it's almost a yeah it's a bit of a bit of a photo finish yeah, yeah. I wouldn't uh wouldn't 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 say it's uh, it's a foregone conclusion that Arthur has got got oh, him in the back. Now you're changing your mind. <laughs> <laughs> For 14 rounds you've been telling us how Arthur's going to win. <laughs> well, the only reason I say this is because as we saw on the weekend there was carnage. Um and I don't know how many trades Arthur has and yeah. likewise Tom. But Arthur having Stuart, um hopefully he's got a trade for his sake because he'd be able to trade him out. Otherwise, he's going to have to carry him and potentially have to play a Bianco. Mm. And if there are any more restings or guys that are, I guess, rested in-game, which caps their, I guess, their their ceiling, or their yeah. scoring ceiling, there may be some moving parts there which may um, dictate, it may be closer than uh, than what it, uh, what it indicates there. But you know what? I, I don't want to be seen as biased. And we <laughs> did say on Twitter that... Uh, We'd like to see Arthur win it. And there's no doubt about it. I mean, 15 rounds in a row, awesome by him. Yeah, but, definitely. I mean, you, you, you can't say that, that Tom isn't worthy of, of winning either because to, to if he ends up winning after being 327 points down last week, that, that is an awesome achievement. So mm. you can't take that away from him. But all right, I'm going to be biased. Oh, hopefully Arthur wins it. I'm just off the back of 15 rounds in a row. I do like that. Yeah. Um, but if Tom does win, having said that, it's um, he's a worthy winner. Yeah, definitely. I'm just having a look at Tom's side as well, just quickly. He doesn't have Stuart. He doesn't have Lloyd either. He doesn't have Ooh. Mills. Didn't have May. Um, wow. Doesn't have Brayshaw. So he's got a pretty, yeah, he's got a pretty solid side. I mean, it's hard to say because we don't know what's going to happen this round. Um, if there's any carnage and what players might be involved in that, if there is. Um, mm. But it doesn't look like he's going to have too much to worry about Yeah. if he doesn't have those trades. Um, but obviously, 198 points is a big... Is, it's still a big margin. It's a big um, margin to make up, yeah. In one week. And do we want to have a quick... Uh, yeah. Do we want to have a quick look at who's in sitting in number one overall? Yes, there is someone... Um, one of our favourites of uh, Supercoach Edge must be said. It is Supercoach Mama herself, M, and um, she is still holding on to that mantle. She's got, I'm going to say it, she's got one hand on the cup, trophy, ring, whatever you want to call it, whatever they give out, um, apart from the cash, of course. Not going to um, freak her out if she is tuning in because it is um, a lot of money that you can win, which is uh, which is very, very tasty, but... Um, What's, uh, what's she looking like in terms of her overall lead, Liam? Yeah, so she's 195 points up on second place Ooh. heading into the last round. So she's got a pretty sizable sizable gap there. Um, mm. They're going to have to make up some big points um, to, to, I guess, overtake her 
um, there. The person in third place is also um, uh, over 200 points, so about 200, uh, 220 uh, 230 points behind so she's got yeah she's got a pretty big gap so hopefully you know fingers crossed for her she's able to uh, maintain that lead and i think she did uh pretty well on the weekend as well which was even with carrying uh tommy stewart of course as well so um yeah she's just going from strength to strength she's done it really well so far she's held onto the mantle for a number of weeks now yeah and all it does is it comes down to a single week and uh we're crossing our fingers here at Supercoach edge that she can hold on and take it out and uh also because she is she is holding the mantle for um the collective i guess she's representing all the all the uh, all the ladies out there who play Supercoach, and she will be the first uh female to win or the first I guess she didn't like it when, when, when I crowned her the, uh, the, the incoming queen of Supercoach, but she will be crowned the queen of Supercoach, the inaugural queen of Supercoach. So all the very best to you, Em. Uh, hopefully you can um, take it out because you are more than a deserving winner. As yeah, I've said, you do so much in the community and uh, everyone knows you. You're, you're very, very humble uh, with the way you go about things. You offer advice to other people. And um, yeah, I mean, you're, uh, as I said, you're a really over and above worthy recipient of the winning mantle if you can take it out yeah definitely i agree wholeheartedly there to finish it off liam though if people want to get involved with our super coach edge group <laughs> oh. <laughs> seven nine eight two nine six i mean i yeah right if you want if you want to do it <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna keep track of it we actually should have kept track of the numbers of, of yeah, people we should have seen like, how many and- actually joined yeah, over on. the over the past few weeks. But uh, yeah, whoever ends up on top, what do they get, Damon? What is what is what what is Schmiegel gonna deliver? Should I usher him in? Yeah, usher him in, please. All right, take over the mic, Schmiegel. <laughs> whoever ends up on top in the group of the seasons end will get their hands in a super coach championship ring, also known as the precious. <laughs> get out of here, Schmiegel. Let me take over. What are they else? What else do they get? Uh, so that that there that 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 precious, as he says, <laughs> is courtesy of the uh, the good folk at Supercoach yes. Championship Rings. But on top of that, you'll also get uh, the ultimate breaking rights, and we'll be having a chat with you in the final podcast of the season next week. And at this stage, looks as though it could be either of Arthur or Tom. So uh, mm. best of luck to both of you guys, and uh, we look forward to uh, having you on next week and having a bit of a chin wag about uh, all things strategy and um yeah you maybe you can send us a pic as well of the uh, of the ring on your finger that's not weird is it no no i don't think that's weird and as we mentioned earlier on with uh, with regards to trades and advice once teams do drop on thursday yeah, potentially we could expect a handful of players rested maybe uh if you the humble listener want to hit us up on socials you are more than welcome so where can they do just that lamb Yes, on Twitter, you can hit us up at at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at at DamonJ88, myself at at Liam Evans underscore 95. On Facebook and on Insta, just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. And if you want to send us an email, aflsupercoachedge at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll get back to you with some some advice, some some tips, I guess, on what we think is yeah, best. And hopefully, hopefully we can uh, help you navigate through to uh, victory uh, yes. to claim your, I guess, premiership glory in your head-to-head leagues. And give you the edge. 
Oh, ding. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to mention just as well, um, thanks as well to all the uh, wonderful feedback we've been getting over yes. on Twitter. Um, the likes of Frio Girl is one of them. Um, she actually sent through a nice tweet saying, because we, we did a call out. If any anyone has any questions, queries, um, or anything else, um, send them in. And she said, no questions for me, but would like to thank you guys for the good work you've put in throughout the seasons and looking forward to next year. Um, we won't, uh, we won't burst into tears with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, the weight of, I guess, positive, uh, comments and whatnot, but, uh, thank you so much. They always are appreciated yeah, and any certainly. feedback as well. We don't, we don't just welcome good feedback. We welcome constructive feedback as well. So if you have any constructive feedback, please, um, I guess if you want to DM us, um, slide into our DMS, you're welcome to do that as well. But, um, thank you so much for tuning in. And, uh, with that. Let's wish everyone, Liam, all the very best of luck, whether or not you are in a grand final. Like yourself. Yes, like myself. Whether or not you are coming up against someone, a worthy adversary, like yourself, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, yeah. I wish myself the best of luck too. Oh, thanks a lot. Okay. <laughs> you know what? No luck for you. <laughs> not so for you. And with that, we'll catch you next week. See you guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 